Hi, and welcome to Peoria Living. This is a new podcast we've created to discuss topics related to healthcare, healthy living, and general wellness. I'm Laura Nightingale, your host and the health and lifestyle reporter here at the Journal Star. Joining me today is Larry Weinzimmer, Professor of Strategic Management at Bradley University. Thanks for being here to kick off this discussion. Thank you very much, Laura. Glad to be here. In addition to academics, Larry, you've consulted a number of uh, companies and authored books on business growth strategies. A lot of your work outside of the classroom has been focused on that private sector development, working with Fortune 500 companies and economic development organizations. But today, we're going to talk about a project you've been working on with our local hospitals. So how did you get involved with this community health assessment? Well, Laura, I've done quite a few community assessments in different ways in the, in the area. I've done the United Way Community Assessment uh, for about the last 10 years uh, and also did the Economic Scorecard uh, for the last six or seven years in the area. And so I was approached by uh, OSF uh, Ministry to uh, help them develop a community health needs assessment. And so back in 2012, we uh, identified all, the, all of the community assessments, around, health assessments around the country, tried to find uh, organizations or communities that did it well. And then from there, we tried to, to design a best practice approach. And we've actually gotten recognition over the last couple of years that this is a best practice approach for community health needs assessment. So it's been an interesting journey. So you put together a community survey, went out and delivered it to people in the Tri-County region around Peoria. What were you looking for? Uh, For the community health needs assessment, there were several things we were looking for. Uh, First of all, we wanted to get some baseline data in terms of morbidity or diseases. So what what diseases are most prevalent in the area? Um, Are they growing? Are they decreasing? So we looked at trends and and, uh, uh, growth rates over time. Uh, We also wanted to try and, and understand what the community's perceptions were of health as well. So as you mentioned, we did do survey work in 2012 and again in 2016 in order to identify what perceptions were and if those perceptions are changing. So the community health needs assessment that you're referring to is a document, 150 pages about that hospitals use. Um, It's a compilation of different data from different places, including data that's collected by these hospital and um, other organizations, clinical data, and like you said, perceptions that people have that were um, that were found from this community health survey. So I think one of the really interesting things about this report is the comparison of those two data sets. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are doctors seeing in the hospitals and what are people feeling are the health needs that are unmet in this community. So what did you find when you were comparing those two sets of data? Uh, And Laura, I think the most surprising thing we found was there is an extreme uh, bias or or a self-perception that's that's quite inflated. What we find is that over 90% of people believe that they are either good or better than average in terms of their health, both physical health and mental health. And when, in fact, statistics would say that 50% of people are better than average and 50% are below average, yet 90% of people feel they're, they're in really good health. Compare that to actual data, and what we found in the, the uh, central Illinois region was that roughly two-thirds of the population is overweight or obese, and that rate is actually growing and, and now higher than the state of Illinois. And to put things in perspective, uh, outside of the southeast United States, uh, Illinois is, is one of the worst states in the country in terms of obesity, and the tri-county region has now surpassed the state average for that. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's quite interesting to, to note that um, while the status or the state of health in the community uh, has some challenges, people still perceive themselves as being pretty healthy. 
yeah, people people tend to think that they are statistically healthier than they are. Was that um, was that revelation when you were going over this data? Was that surprising for you to find? You know, the first time it was, we, as I mentioned, we did this in 2012, published the uh, first community health needs assessment in 2013. And I had done this for, at that time, 11 different communities, 13 different hospitals. And in every community, we found the same thing, that everybody has an overinflated self-perception of their health. And so when we did it again in 2000 and, uh, 2015 through 2016, published in 2016, we found the same thing again. And so it's pretty consistent from community to community and over time. So that was people um, that were relating their own health. You also asked people to relate, um, to kind of rank different factors that were uh, threats to community health. How did people do at assessing um, those statistics. And so, uh, yeah, so Laura, we all, we did ask perceptions in terms of, th- of three different areas. Uh, first, we wanted to find out what people's perceptions were of health issues in the community. Um, and so, uh, in general, the community was fairly consistent with what data show. So, the, the top three uh, areas of community health issue, or, or community health issues identified were mental health, obesity, or being overweight, and cancer. And so, in general, the community was was fairly consistent with what the data show. However, there were some disconnects as well. For example, heart disease is the leading cause of mortality in the central Illinois region, and heart disease was ranked number seven on the list. And so there were some some pretty consistent perceptions or accurate perceptions, but there are also some disconnects as well. And a lot of this, Laura, really depends on the demographics of the respondent. Uh, in the community health needs assessment, we made a concerted effort to try to uh, understand what the perceptions were specifically of the underserved population. It seems like in a lot of secondary data sources, the underserved population doesn't get voice. And so we really tried to give voice to the underserved population. That meant partnering with soup kitchens, with homeless shelters, with food pantries, in order to, to get access to individuals that normally don't have a chance to fill out this type of, of survey. Yeah, which I think is a really interesting approach to this. So the hospitals, right, have access to the data that people of people who are going to the hospital. And this group, when you went out and did this community survey, you made a concerted effort to reach those people that maybe are not getting regular health care. Yeah. Absolutely. And what the data show, and note that data are plural. Everyone has a mission in life. That's mine is to teach the world that data are plural, even though it sounds a little funny. Um, But what the data show is that roughly 15% of the underserved population, when they are in need of health, they don't get access. The two leading causes of that actually are um, perceptions that they can't afford a copay or um, that they don't have, that they can't get insurance when in fact um, there's charity care or Medicaid for a lot of individuals that don't realize that that type of care exists. Yeah, so helped you kind of, helped you and the healthcare industry kind of identify some of those shortcomings. Yeah, and, and I think when you said what surprised us, that was another surprise was that there's such a large percentage of the underserved population that doesn't access health care because they don't believe they can get it. I want to go back to those demographics that you were mentioning because there's some really interesting, um, there's a really interesting layer to the data in that, um, and, and it almost has kind of an economic or socioeconomic um, factor to it. Uh, when we talk about those perceptions of well-being, 
you were able to break down what people were concerned about based on their race, their income level, their education level. Um, what did you find that people, those demographics were most concerned about or where were the divisions? Yeah, and, and so uh, again, one of the questions we asked was perceptions of, of factors that impact a person's well-being. And the, the top four there were uh, job opportunities, safer neighborhoods, uh, healthy food choice, and access to health. But when you break it down, again, you mentioned to that next level or next layer, what we find is that there are differences between uh, certain ethnicities, certain income levels, whether somebody uh, has a high education or or doesn't have a high education. Uh, For example, uh, job opportunities uh, was rated much higher by um, people that identify as as having black ethnicity or race um, and homeless individuals as well. Um, the white population didn't seem to be as concerned with job opportunities. Uh, additionally, access to health um, seemed to be rated much more higher by white people rather than black people or Latino population. Yeah, the things that white people were concerned about, access to health services and healthy food. Right. Whereas the black and Latino population was more likely to respond with factors like affordable housing, availability of child care, job opportunities, safer neighborhoods, hatred and violence. Um, so those are kind of things that are not directly related or at least maybe to the layperson, not directly related to health care, but something that you guys yeah. felt was important. Right. And, and there's a lot of research out there on what's called determinants to health or determinants of health. And, and what we find is that health care goes far beyond access to health. And when you look at the the black population, the Latino population, um, oftentimes the concerns for basic needs, as you mentioned, Laura, it's housing, it's jobs, it's ability to access food in general, um, where those that are more privileged are, are focusing more on um, types of food. So healthy, it's not just access to food, but it's access to healthy food. And ironically, what we find is there is a higher incidence um, per capita in uh, with, with the black population, Latino population, in terms of uh, things like obesity or being overweight, type 2 diabetes. And so it, it is kind of an irony that um, certain segments of the population, especially the underserved population, is has a higher probability of having some of these, these health concerns, yet their perceptions of well-being relate to basic necessities like housing and food. So what's your takeaway from this assessment? There's a lot of data. Like I said, it's about 150 plus pages. Um, so there's a lot of information in there. What do you see as the, t- the key takeaways from this pure area assessment? Uh, and so what we did, and there was a, a, a um, collaborative team which was uh, comprised of uh, several different hospitals in the region, the health departments, the United Way, and several other organizations. Um, and what we did was t- we took a look at all the data. And as you mentioned, there's a lot of data. Um, which is available on uh, the hospital websites as well as the the uh, county health department websites. And as a as a collaboration or as a collaborative, we prioritize ba- based on all the data what are the most important things to do. And what we what we ended up prioritizing at the very end was uh, two two key takeaways. And one is we need to improve access to. Uh, healthy foods and, and healthy living, uh, active living styles, uh, which relates to obesity. And obesity is such a, a significant driver in terms of uh, morbidities and comorbidities, things like heart disease, as I mentioned, type 2 diabetes, um, respiratory issues, asthma, a lot of that's related to 
uh, uh, obesity. And so we thought that access to healthy food and exercise were important. And the other one was mental health. Uh, what we've seen is approximately 20% of the population, this is Peoria County specific, 20% um, of the population identifies as having eight or more days of, of uh, mental health issues per month, which is pretty significant. And so those were our two takeaways was really healthy lifestyle and mental health. And the mental, the mental health data that you collected also had some of those um, interesting comparisons between the, the statistical data, the clinical data, and the perception data. There were some demographics that reported much lower than you would expect it and even reported a hesitancy to, um, to seek help. Right. And in, specifically in our 2013 uh, community health needs assessment, we found that, again, if you dig down to, to a deeper level, um, certain types of, of individuals are more likely or less likely to, to try to access counseling for mental health. Specifically, what we found was that Latino males are much less likely to access mental health counseling when needed. And we dug even deeper to find out if you don't access mental health counseling, why not? And the, the number one answer there was embarrassment. And so there, there may be cultural issues with certain um, ethnicities in terms of access to certain types of health, whether it's acceptable or not. So the, the purpose of this community health needs assessment, it allows the hospitals um, specifically, and it's been shared with other organizations, allows those hospitals to identify shortcomings um, in community health and what are the needs of the community that aren't being met. Uh, for the purpose of our conversation here, kicking it off this kind of healthy uh, healthy and lifestyle podcast at the Journal mm -hmm. Star, it allows us to kind of get an idea of what pe people in Peoria are concerned about. Mm -hmm. Um and what, what are the issues that are facing our community. And one of them, I think, that, that was most surprising to me in reading your report was that people are not as healthy as they think they are. Exactly. <laughs> and there's a huge self-perception that, hey, I'm, I'm actually in pretty good shape when, in fact, you're not. Yeah. So it definitely gives us a great opportunity to get out there and educate people. And now we're armed with this um, really in-depth data that was gathered by Larry Weinzimmer here. So. And I, I think you, and just one final point, I think you just really nailed it, Laura, was that it's about education. Um, whether it's educating people in terms of uh, a healthier lifestyle, whether it's educating people in terms of having access to health when they don't know it, those are keys. And so I think that's really important for the community. And uh, hopefully moving forward as a, as a collaborative organization or collaborative community, we can make a difference with, with community health. And I would just like to, to piggyback on that a little bit and note that one of the great successes you had in gathering this data was a really high participation rate. You had people, like you said, were partnering with homeless shelters and soup kitchens, and we're really putting a lot of manpower into gathering this data. And you had how many respondents to your survey? Yeah, and it was almost 2,800 respondents. And from a statistical standpoint, that means that we we have uh, we fall into the 99% confidence interval, which is really high. And so um, it, it's a normally distributed, unbiased data set. And so we're really confident with the data, the, the results of the data that we have. We're hoping to get around 700 respondents is what you needed to have a right. statistical, uh, a statistically valid population and got about four times that. So right. again, shows goes to show the number of that, the size of that underserved population yeah, inside absolutely. Peoria. Absolutely. Well, Larry, thank you so much for joining us to talk about this, this report and the information that you gathered. It's really interesting. And um, I hope that our listeners in and around Peoria will find it um, as captivating as I did. Very good. Thank you so much for having me, Laura.